Well, there, friends, I have a very special treat for you today. By the way, this is your executive executive vice president of Kayfabe Tees, Adam Rotella. The special treat for you today, my friends, is I actually chatted with someone else that does a wrestling podcast, Gary Horn. That's right, like a car. Enjoy this. This was our second attempt at recording. Uh, we uh, had a little audio mix-up, so our first meeting did not go as smooth as planned. But my friends, once we start rolling, I think that you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And I definitely feel there's going to be a whole lot more of this in our future. It's going to be a lot of fun. Let me know what you think. Bye bye. And your little. All right, there we go. Adam is recording the call. My God Almighty. Hi, Gary. It's nice to meet you again. Hi, folks of the of the of the of the information superhighway. Hey, man. I feel a lot more comfortable starting this conversation since we just did it for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm with you, pal. It's it's all, all right. right. We're gonna be fine. It's. I this has happened to pace. me before. I've lost entire episodes before, so I, I get it. Shit happens. Well, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, I, I think we can just do a little... I spilled water all over myself, so that's okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, I'm happy that you, you had some extra time just to hang out with me again today. You know, when, when, when making this content... One of the things that I definitely try to do is document the whole process, as as have you seen with my past content. So I, I I wanted to make sure that we had at least something that we could put out on the on the airwaves today. So all of this is going on the airwaves on my side. So hi everybody. Hey. My name is Adam Rotella. Gary, what's your last name? I don't even know your it's, last name. It's Horn. Hi Horn. Like, honk honk. Like a, like like a car. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. It's actually horn with an E. And just to be honest with you, my dad would always say, it's horn with an E, but the E is silent until midnight. My dad was a creep. Is a creep. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Gary, let's just jump right into things, shall we, my man? Okay. I, I don't even know how to start this one. I think we, we rambled on for a little while in, 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 in the last one. I said how I was afraid to meet new people and I'm a little bit standoffish, but I, 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 I do want to change that about myself. So I We're think- We're making it, that happen right now. We are, man, and it's, it's, it's weird. One, I think one of the fun things about a lot of the content that, that I produce is that I am meeting, you're, you're seeing like friendships blossom on, on, on the podcast as well. I seem to find through through doing this, and this is something that we talked about <laughs> last hour, was just how how surprising it is from doing social media, some of the doors that are opening up, some of the um some of the new things that are that are happening in in just our, our lives and some of the things that we're seeing that are happening from the content that we're, that we're producing. So I think that's pretty cool, man. It's really nice to meet you. It is nice to meet you too, Adam. Um, it's tough to to you know. Last time we talked, I I, uh, I heaped all sorts of praise upon you. So you know, I don't want to 
Let's your... not do that this time. I was going to say, I don't want to. I don't want to watch your head swell like right in front of me on Skype, and just the whole internet see your your head burst because you're a pioneer. So it uh, you know, I'm well, I, I think that about we... the time Adam saved my life. Yeah, uh, well, no. if, that was nothing. That was nothing. You know, the, the train was coming at you. What was I going to do? Not stop the train. Right, and right. Uh, I, I think one of the things that we connected on immediately the last time was that we are both fans of Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. So yes. I that that put uh, uh, an instant trust in, in into you and the, the philosophy that we that we are going to try to achieve here. And I'd like to just start off with uh, jumping right into the NWA because once we actually started talking about the NWA, things started rolling pretty well. Let's go. Let's go back and talk about NWA at All In and um, have a little bit of that discussion, a little ROH discussion, and and we'll go from there. What 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 was it that that attracted you to the NWA actually, Gary? And then let's let's. Because the NWA has kind of happened in parts so far. I'd say the first part was definitely the beginning of Tim Storm to All In. So let's start with what attracted you to the NWA and starting your own uh, NWA podcast. Yeah. um, So, I mean, a lot of it would have been, uh, I'm a a Smashing Pumpkins fan. So Mm -hmm. initially, um, being a Smashing Pumpkins fan growing up, I was interested in things that Billy Corgan was doing. Now, I was also a wrestling fan as well. So, uh, I think I mentioned last time, one of my earliest childhood memories, but like before even seeing my mother's face, was probably <laughs> seeing Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. So, um, I shouldn't have even been able to form memories then, but there it is. <laughs> and uh, So, anyway, uh, when I saw that Billy Corgan had purchased a wrestling company, and, and I know that this was not our president, Billy Corgan, William Patrick Corgan, his um, <laughs> first foray into wrestling. I think he was doing some stuff up in Chicago or whatever, but uh, I never really got a chance to see any of that. But once I saw he had purchased the NWA, the NWA was familiar to me. Um, I had heard of the NWA, obviously. I remember seeing shows back when I was a kid that came on. Um, I was definitely more of a WWF slash WWE person my whole life. It just was always more accessible uh, for me or readily available, I mean. And so, but I knew the guys. I knew, you know, Ric Flair and uh, mm-hmm. Dusty Rhodes and all these all these people. But uh, anyway, so by the time I was actually watching some of that product get involved into like the WCW versus WWS stuff. So the NWA had kind of dropped off by the wayside. Um, what attracted me to it, though, this time was, of course, like it piqued my interest seeing Billy Corgan and then seeing the, uh, the oldest wrestling company around, basically, since like 1948. And uh, so I just wanted to see what they would do. And I had honestly also listened to David Lagana's podcast back in the day uh, when he was doing the uh, I what was it I love wrestling or I want wrestling. Something uh, like that. Yeah. It was something like that, and I, I remember listening to it just because it was cool getting insight from somebody who'd actually been behind the scenes and worked in the WWE before. And uh, so there were all these factors came together into this. So immediately, the second it was available on YouTube, I was watching it then. Um, I don't, you know, 
I, it's always weird, like with, with this, this we're re-recording. I don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself, but I know the people at home just, haven't heard it. Just kayfabe it. Yeah, just just kayfabe it. We're just we're, we're this is the first time we've ever talked. <laughs> All right, I love your I love your outfit. I love. No. Right. Um, so yeah, so I I had the idea for the NWA podcast. One of the things we connect on, like you said, is Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, I had the idea for the podcast, and where I failed is I did not um, I didn't not take action basically. And I just sat on the idea and thought, oh, this is a good opportunity to start talking about something I'm already into or I will be into and all of that. And then, um, so basically, uh, several or a couple of months go by or a few months go by. And, uh, all of a sudden I'm flipping through the YouTube and the interwebs and, uh, there's a mustachioed madman <laughs> popping up on my screen with his red phone and his bell and uh he's talking about the nwa and uh i'm like son of a bitch i missed my chance there's that guy and uh but but the cool part is is that eventually it just encouraged me to go ahead and and push forward with it anyway and uh if folks that don't normally listen to my podcast you haven't heard it if you go back to the very first episode in there i referenced mr rotella here uh talking about how uh i appreciated that he pushed like straight through it and uh it was what i was doing was definitely uh to go along with what he was doing also yeah man you know well i i definitely appreciate that man but i i really just dove headfirst into it not knowing what the hell i was doing at all hell i just didn't record our audio for some reason the last time we talked so we're still going through this learning process and I think I think that that's something that actually attracts us to the NWA as well, because even at their NWA 70 show, those guys had audio issues. I, and I think one of the things that people don't really realize is that the NWA is being created out of a guy's house right now. Like the just NWA, like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like the NWA doesn't have a, a big control center or anything like that. They don't have a production facility. David Lagan is creating everything from his house and wherever he's from. I mean, I, I, I do have the place bugged, but I don't want to really mention that. I don't want all that information. Don't want him looking there. for it. You did exactly. say something about fire alarms earlier. So I don't, I mean, you know, that's yeah, yeah. those were going off at my house just right before <laughs> we recorded last time. So I'm happy that's not happening anymore. But yeah, dude, like, I think that one of the things that attracted me to the NWA was just getting in on that ground floor level as well. You know, like as I, I've always heard that the best way to start in any organization is right when right when they're opening. So I, I saw that opportunity. I, I wanted to change things about my life. I wanted to change things about my my situation. Like I'm not really approaching this podcast or content as trying to become a billionaire, but I am trying to, you know, level up. I am trying to work inside of the NWA as well. That's always been a dream of mine. And I got into wrestling the moment that I saw Macho Man Randy Savage get bit by Jake the Snake, Robert Snake. And ever since then, man, just in the middle of Saturday TV, I have been hooked, hooked, hooked ever since. And 
I even especially the Undertaker, Undertaker putting Ultimate Warrior inside of that casket. And that was the first time I ever saw people rush in from off stage. And I'm like, this isn't even supposed to happen. So right. it's, it's, it's those moments in wrestling that I absolutely love and enjoy, my man. <clears throat> I'm 100% with you. Um, yeah, I, I I think my first like real big feud that I, I was involved really drug me in actually as I became you know more and more interested growing up was the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan uh, that WrestleMania six time period where it was like champion versus champion uh, Hulk Hogan was the world champion and Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental champion and that just seemed so outlandish to me you know like this 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 is crazy as two champions something about you know despite the fact that uh, You'll get differing opinions on somebody like the Ultimate Warrior nowadays, um, but he something really drew me to him early on. Uh, I, I, you know, I appreciated Hogan, but I wasn't. I was more of an Ultimate Warrior guy actually yeah. because he just just something crazy about him and just the bright colors. I don't know who knows what it was exactly. Well, and that, well, you, well, you I was going to say this. Yeah, please. <laughs> We're, we're, we're talking all over each other right now. No, we're fine, man. It's cool. Last time. But we're I, I excited. Think, dude, people, people forget about their, about their childhood inside the wrestling bubble. You know, people want to shit all over the Ultimate Warrior, but they also forget that they had the Ultimate Warrior plush toy, I'm sure, everybody out there as well. So don't forget about your childhood, my friends. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I, I think that also goes to prove that... Uh, there, there are multiple things that work in wrestling, you know? There was, uh, obviously, Hulk Hogan had his thing, and um, some guys are great promos, some guys are great workers, that sort of thing. Ultimate Warrior, I don't know that he was necessarily either one of those at the top <laughs> level. <laughs> I guess you could call him, like, the body guy or something. He was always, like, really ripped and stuff. But there was just something magnetic about what he was doing, and love him or hate him i mean it it worked for him at he the had time a vibe. You know, you, there, there, there's there's the best thing about pro wrestling my man is there's there's not a certain thing that works if, if, if you are a guy that can get yourself over then you're going to get yourself over no matter what there's not a formula there's not a, a, a thing that everyone needs to follow so and I think that's one of the things that attracts you and I to the to the NWA is their um, non-formula to what they're doing and maybe that they're taking a different approach from some of the other wrestlers or wrestling companies that are out there. What do you see being um, one of the main things that's drawing you to, to the NWA right now? Uh, I think a big part of it would be the authenticity of it. They, they use that term. Uh, I think there's even one of the 10 pounds of gold is titled The Authentic Era. And uh, that, that's a big part of it for me. Um, these guys seem legit. Uh, I, I don't want to keep uh, bringing up the, the previous episode, but one thing that you said was uh, that, that really stood out to me is, is like these guys, and I think I heard Eli Drake actually make a similar statement on a podcast interview I heard him on recently, is like all of these guys, they look like men. The, the people in the NWA look like all of them look like they might beat your ass if you started a fight with them in a bar, you know? So it's just not, there's, there's something real about seeing these guys compete. Um, I think, I think that's a big part of it. 
so authenticity, definitely. What about you? Well, yeah, I think when when you're going to uh, – Eli Drake said this in a podcast recently. When you're going to uh, independent wrestling shows and the fans look – and the fans look just like the wrestlers. There's something wrong there. And I got to agree with that statement, man. You know, like I, uh, for me with the NWA, it's, it's the promos and it's the talking. I think that one of the things that we can see, one of the breadcrumbs that the NWA does leave out there is that they want to be a talking first promotion. And for me personally, Gary, when it comes to wrestling, I am a promo guy, and in-ring work is a distant, I mean, far, far distant second for me. Yeah, I, I, want, I want the matches to be competitive. I want the matches to make sense. But most importantly, I want there to be a freaking reason for the match to even happen. Well, I think found, foundational-wise, I mean, one of the things you have to have, like it, it's just a necessary part of it as the very first part of the building block is people have to care about who these people they're watching are. If you can't, uh, I mean, I think studio wrestling coming up for the NWA is going to be a big factor in that, that uh, I believe uh, our boy Jim Cornette even mentions this and that in the most recent video um, that gets, that got dropped uh, just about being in front of like, all you have to do is present yourself to the camera so they can see you. And then you tell them why they should care about what you're doing. And I think that's a hundred percent correct. If you don't care about, you know, what Nick Aldis does when he gets in the ring or why he wants to compete, then what's the point? You know, like it, there, there's that aspect of it for me. Another thing that I really love that they're doing that I feel is lacking in probably almost every other major promotion right now is this right from the very start, the thing that they established was the 10 pounds of gold. And mm. I think that's a big one. This this desire, this trophy that it, and not and even unlike uh, say WWE uh, we were talking about, they you know, that, that title has changed several times. It looks different. And you got the SmackDown when you got the Raw and all of that stuff. This 10 pounds of gold is the belt that Ric Flair held. It's the belt that Harley Race held. It's got, it's got something attached to it that is, is intangible. Like, you can't explain it, but it's just this history. And there's a power in that that it carries with it. And to see these guys, to see the way that Nick Aldis and Tim Storm looked at that belt and they treat it like it's Tim Storm's mountaintop. Nick Aldis, like every time he holds it, holds it very carefully when he has to hand it over to the ref yeah. in the thing. He, he does this thing that I, I remember even young seeing Ric Flair do at certain points, the times that I got to see him. Like he looks at it like, I may be giving this thing away for the last time. I hope I see it again after this, you know, here in another half hour. But right now I'm handing this thing away and it's, I'm going to miss it while it's gone. You know, there's something about that part too, that it's very valuable to these people and they all want it. I think that's super important. 
Absolutely. One of the things that I distinctly remember from those early episodes of 10 Pounds of Gold is uh, Mr. Storm carrying that 10 pounds of gold in that red velvet bag. You would always see it in that red velvet bag and walking yeah. through the airport, things like that. Those little touches that the NWA does is really what's going to make this promotion stand out so much from everybody else that's out there. And I, I, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get into uh, one of the main things that stood out with the NWA so far is that all-in show. I mean, that all-in show happened, and what's the match that everyone talked about? What's the one thing that everyone remembers? I mean, for me, it's either the, uh, the, the, the Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis match or it's the Penis Druids. I mean, take your choice, folks, but for me, it's the 10 pounds of gold match. They kind of go hand in hand. I mean, I don't know if that's the way you want to <laughs> refer to the penis druids. <laughs> but uh, by yeah, the way, yeah. thank God, thank God that that match happened before the penis druids came out. It, it had to be the mid-show match. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a point where I was happy. You know, like as early as that match occurred, I was like, "Damn it, this should be the main event." Yeah. But yeah, at a certain point, you're like, "No, this is exactly in the right spot where it needs to be." And uh, and you're right. Yeah. I mean, the the thing is, is that everybody's trying to build their promotions up. And um, what was funny is you're watching this and VNWA is the only promotion that's mentioned. You know, it's it's crazy. The it gets more play than anything. That title was presented with more prestige. Hell, Jay Lethal defended the Ring of Honor title, who is basically helping fund this pay-per-view and that was secondary to the way the NWA title was presented. And a lot of that is in the hands of, of a guy like David Lagana for what he did with the promotion part of it uh, on the 10 pounds of gold series, that buildup, that was more than it felt like ring of honor could be bothered with. It seemed like at the time, you know, I don't want to shit on a, another company or anything, but I'm just saying there was something more special about that NWA title match. Well, that's the thing, man. I mean, uh, Mr. Lagana understands what fan base he was going after right there. That fan base is an online fan base. I mean, these are the people at All In that watch Being the Elite every week. These are the people that built AEW. I mean, the reason why ROH is having such a is struggling big time right now is because the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes made themselves bigger than a wrestling brand. And ROH let them do that because ROH wasn't attacking social media the same way that the Young Bucks do, the same way that Cody Rhodes does. And by the way, folks, it's because of their attack on social media that these guys are freaking EVPs right now. That's the exactly. reason why they have that. That's the reason why they got this job. That's the reason why this guy named uh, uh, Chris Harrington is is now the the VP of Business Development at AEW because he was the host of the WrestleNomics podcast. So right. having podcasting, having podcasts, and being being seen on social media does happen, does get you things that you want in life. And dude, I mean, how do you think ROH feels about putting on that show? Yeah, they own the rights to it, but it's kind of like they shot themselves in the foot with that move. It's it's pretty insane when you go back in history and, and like on our podcast, we do these uh, uh, on the This Is the NWA podcast. So we kind of talk about 
I, I've revisited some of these shows. So now I've basically run through everything, just trying to build up to the present brand where they're at right now. Um, and recently having a chance to rewatch all in, it's just insane to me. Just, I mean, that was definitely an observation that, uh, my guests and I had were like, what do you think Ring of Honor thinks now that nobody gave a damn about Ring of Honor during this whole thing? It's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's 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 just a weird thing that happened. I mean, man, it's, it's going to be a, a business class one day because it really seems like Ring of Honor really funded the proof of concept for what AEW turned into. And I don't think anyone predicted that AEW was even coming when All In was happening, except for one guy with a mustache that predicted the wrestling coup d'etat before anybody <laughs> did. I'll give you three guesses who's that, who, who that was, folks. But, uh, dude, I mean, the, 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 the wrestling landscape has changed just so much. And what, what, what do you feel the future holds for wrestling right now? Do you, do you think this boom is going to come? Is, is it, are we years away? Are we weeks away? What, what, what do you see this wrestling boom as? Something's coming, man. I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, technically, do I feel like there's a boom coming? I think there almost has to be. Yeah. It, it just, with the way things are flowing right now, it just, uh, I've heard people say that the business is cyclical like this like it'll have its ups and then downs and you know forever and ever but yeah i mean when you look at the landscape as it is there there's a lot of moving parts going on right now um as far as i mean scooping up talent left and right from aew and wwe you see what the nwa is doing uh mlw's out there on youtube new japan's pushing their way into the united states more and more there's with these network options, it's, I mean, the, the networks hosting WWE, mm -hmm. NXT is moving up. That whole thing, AEW premiering on TNT, this next month is going going to be something. Now, I would ask you, I mean, you know, there's, there's the law of supply and demand. Mm. Uh, I think there's going to be a boom of wrestling. <laughs> there will be a supply. Is the demand there? I think that's the question, Sure, sure. Well, I, I think that the the the, the, the this, this is what I really think is going to happen, man. Is there going to be a wrestling war like everyone out there talks about? I don't think there's going to be a war because everyone wants wrestling to, to succeed, except for the small, tiny Twitter wrestling bubble that hates everything. But for, 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 for the fans out there, man, I mean, when, when WWE goes to Fox, I think that that's going to open the eyes of a whole lot more people. And then when AEW is on TNT and basketball starts, which is just like, what, a couple weeks away, I think, the season? I don't know. I'm not a sports ball fan. But um, when, when that starts, that's going to bring a lot more eyeballs to AEW. And then through AEW, a lot of people are going to be like, well, wait a minute. Where did these people even come from? These people were never in the, in the WWE. And that's when these even smaller promotions are going to start seeing a boom. So I think the boom actually happens for independent wrestling and the smaller companies right now. And I think the NWA is in one of the prime as spots because they are just going to creep and creep and creep and do a little tiptoe into everybody's consciousness because 
the way that they're set up is really made for that long-term plan. I mean, we hear we hear them talk about it all the time, a 20-year plan, and we're in year 18. So it, my money, my money's on the rock star, my friend. That's who I'm putting my trust in right now. Well, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I mean, we all know who I hitched my wagon to, and that's the National Wrestling Alliance. It, um, the the thing with them is is like if I if I could sit down and have a conversation with somebody like David Lagana or our president William Patrick Corgan, I would I would wonder how that twenty year plan has evolved over time. You know, I, I understand that there's the plan, and it was never despite what the Twitter bubble would want to yeah. be the case. There there was never the plan that they needed. I, I don't think they've ever worried about. It. They don't feel the need to compete with AEW and WWE right now, and mm-hmm. they should not, because these are big billionaires throwing money at something, and and you know let them have that. You slowly build your product and get it right. Um, but I I do wonder, like it almost feels like All In was a moment in time that was very special. That it was just kind of. I don't think they could have foreseen that. I don't think that would have been on their agenda no way. at the time. But it was like one of those moments you can't pass it up either. You have to take advantage. And so they did. But it was almost kind of funny that you see them have this big peak and then there's this lull again. You know, So I think they probably gained a lot of attention and then maybe lost some attention if I was, you know, if I had to guess on what happened. Just because after that, there's not silence. You know, obviously fans like us, we know it was there. Mm-hmm. It just uh, they went back to the plan. They didn't try to rush it, and maybe you could say, uh, "I want." I, I would. I would guess an NWA seventy was always in the back of their mind, maybe. But maybe they made a bigger deal out of it. Besides all in, and they maybe weren't quite ready, or they are learning. You know, they're they're learning as they go. So I'm wondering, like, how that evolution has worked, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I, I think, well, one of the things that we can definitely say is when has the NWA done anything that the NWA doesn't want to do? I mean, that's that's what's so fantastic about this promotion is they just keep doing what they want to do. And uh, there there is no way that they foresaw uh, all, all in happening. And... But you had to take advantage of that opportunity and the way that they kind of quieted down afterwards, especially when AEW came on the map. What what do you expect them to do, man? If, if, if I was a part of the NWA, I would have been like, whoa, OK, well, this is obviously going to get all the attention right now. Let's just keep plugging, plugging along and we'll, we'll make our we'll make our our our. Our, our, our bet when we get there and the fact that they're starting TV the week that uh, uh, WWE goes to Fox the next week AEW starts so the NWA should be in the conversation and yet the mainstream wrestling journalists out there have nothing to say about the NWA they barely even bring up the letters when when they talk about other wrestling promotions and quite honestly man that pisses me off a little bit and uh, I just don't understand how people just don't see this this vision what do you feel about about stuff like that do you think the NWA is getting enough attention from 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 humans out there or are the humans coming to the NWA? I think, I mean, obviously, from our perspective, I I would not be doing myself or the podcast service if uh, 
if I didn't say, no, of course they're not getting enough attention. They deserve all of the attention. I wish that they were the number one wrestling promotion in the world. That's what I'm hoping for for them down the road. Uh, but if I were to have to play devil's advocate or take a step back and look at things logically, um, I think that there is mild interest, but more people are going to have to slow. It's NWA is going to have to be punk rock and grassroots, like slow build. And that's probably all they ever intended to be. And they're probably getting all of the intention attention they expect to right now. It would be interesting to know, like, if that's the case for sure. But I imagine, I mean, they're not, they seem to be targeting the base that they're targeting and they're mm -hmm. not like making a huge push to make an explosion into the mainstream right now necessarily. And I, I think, I think that's always been the case. Um, I, I just, I think that right now, especially in the month we're going into, it's going to be interesting because mainstream wrestling journalists, like you said, aren't going to be paying them a ton of attention, but they're, you know, like I said, if I was going to play devil's advocate, their plates are full too. They've got a lot of wrestling to cover. I listen to wrestling podcasts and yeah, I'm, I'm listening sometimes to, uh, well, I mean, just to throw cards on the table, I I'm a subscriber to the observer and to the torch. I listen to Dave Meltzer, Wade Keller, those guys, mm -hmm. I wait for them to mention the NWA, and it happens from time to time, but it's just not on their radar the same way the rest of this stuff is happening. But it makes sense in a, a little because it's millions and millions of people. I'll tell you something, Adam, that frustrates me, actually, sure. now that we're just getting into it. Um, yeah. One thing that I hate about this whole deal is... Uh, and, and, and by the way, if at any point, I know we're slowly building our relationship here. And if I talk too much, just like slap the Skype screen or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, I was, all right, let me correct myself here. I was as excited as anyone. You got me excited, man. I'm pumped now. Um, I was as excited as anyone about AEW popping up on the on the, on the screen here. I wanted to see them. I wanted to see what they had to offer. I liked what Cody did with the NWA. I'm a fan of guys like Omega and the Young Bucks. I appreciate the guerrilla marketing that the Young Bucks do. They, they've oh, all yeah. got that thing. They, stuff we would respect. So I thought, you know, back since the very beginning, our president, Mr. William Patrick Corgan, has talked often about the megalithic starship yeah and, maybe. yeah and then and he said this you know around about the time of all in also this idea of he's always thought that if you could get all of these companies these organizations to join together to fight it if you're just fighting all against everybody you're never ever going to overtake this thing but if you join together and could be willing to work together you know you get the idea it felt like that's what we were really on the cusp of Yep. But then it was like, as soon as these guys get their chance, they get the backing of a billionaire, you know, and again, not trying to disrespect a company or anything, just stating an opinion here. Um, these guys get the backing of the billionaire and then they're out there. They, they have an opportunity to make an impact on the scene. And then they choose to go the route of instead 
they just build their own megalithic starship, it feels like. And they're like, we're just going to just build our own and fight that one. And uh, it it, it kind of irritates me a little bit just seeing as how even when that started up, they seemed like they were going to be very open to allowing their talent to bounce around and to do mm-hmm. different things. But you hear stories about uh, our, our world champion, Nick Aldis, getting the offer from AEW and him being interested to talk, but to hear him tell it, 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 he says, you know, I'm not abandoning the NWA. So if there's a way for me to do both, that's fine. We'll do that. And they weren't going to allow that. Like what the hell happened with these guys? What's going on? You know, Gary, I I am right there with you, my man. I I thought when, when, when I first heard William Patrick Corgan talk about that megalithic starship, that's really when I started talking about the wrestling coup d'etat, how all these, I, what I what I really foresaw happening was the NWA being the all-encompassing like it used to be, you know? And then oh, yeah, R- that would be perfect. ROH having its own thing. Um, MLW having its own thing. Hell, even Championship Wrestling from Hollywood because the NWA was working so closely with those guys. I really thought that it was that it was going to become something like that and then AEW just appeared out of nowhere. And I, I think that threw everything up in the air. But I really believe there, there had to have been there had to have been something that made that made Billy Corgan say that, my man. He doesn't say that just he doesn't say anything for shits and giggles, my friends. So what what was it that changed? That's what I that's what I'd like to know. Was yeah. there a was there a different plan? And then AEW just came in and just threw a wrench into everything. But yeah, man, I mean, they they definitely had a chance to change the world with Nick Aldis, and then the fact that they just wanted him to leave NWA. I think that was an actual quote. They wanted him to stop what he was doing with the NWA to come to AEW. Why? 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 Maybe we shouldn't take it so personally, but it almost feels like a you feel a little slap in the face there because you're like, come on, man, this is our brand. We're we're behind the NWA. You know, I could be cool with AEW, but why are you trying to take our champ, dude? Like, yeah, and I I think I think the NWA has such a more interesting story than AEW does. Also, absolutely. because it's 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 the building of a brand it's it's the it's the rebuilding of a very classic brand that means a lot to a lot of people and it's it's in my opinion man it's the ultimate baby face build right now is the nwa as the nwa is a character in the story itself so i'm more interested in how they're going to bring this company back to prominence than just Here's a company, and let's see what works. Yeah, that's that's what's so frustrating about it, right? Like, I mean, because the storytelling is there with the NWA, it feels like. Uh, it, that's a great point uh, that you make about the NWA almost being its own character. The 10 pounds of gold is a character in the story, you know? And then you've got the characters that we're, we all know and love that are actually, like, competing in the organization. It's It's sad to see... You know, I wish AEW all the best, but I think now that the uh, pay-per-views have happened, and I've I've watched, I think all of them. Um, yeah, me too. The um, I went to two of them. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but for myself, I mean, a little bit of the shine is gone. I mean, not like saying they were bad or anything. It's just like 
all right, well, there you are. You're there. What are you going to do different? Is it just going to be the same old, same old? Um, and you're just going to hope you get more people than WWE? Or what's going to happen? It still feels like there's room for there to be something different, which is why I'm happy that our promotion, uh, National Wrestling Alliance, is bringing back like studio television. I think that that's a really interesting step to take they are at least trying to uh cut out another path on this road well it's, it's just it's just another way of being different my man you know i mean the nwa has been different in this whole in this whole thing anyways so the nwa going to studio wrestling one of the things that i find very boring about wrestling is that all the places look exactly the same to each other but with studio wrestling it's supposed to be that way you know it's, right. it's it's a way for them to control exactly what you see on your TV screen, computer screen, phone, whatever the hell you're watching the NWA on. And it's also a way for them to control their audience also, you know, with only 100 to 200 people being in that room, it's, it's going to be easy to show them what they want, give them what they want. And there's not going to be some crazy, the, the crowd's not going to take over the thing. The crowd's not going to try to get themselves over. I think the NWA fan is one of is, is is a very different wrestling fan there are different levels in wrestling fandom and i think the nwa fan is very unique in what the nwa fan likes i mean we're, we're bringing back jim Cornette, you know and the the internet exploded when we brought back jim Cornette. we're never going to watch the nwa because jim Cornette's there and my response to that is who the hell invited you to watch the nwa anyways man <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. You don't like him, just don't watch. That's I, I'm with you 100%. Besides the fact that everything with that was blown way out of proportion, I felt like. Uh, my love for Jim Cornette extends uh, from a lot of different places, but one of them being in, in, in my journey into the NWA myself, It's uh, part of it is going to be I want to learn as much as I can about the history and the legacy, the tradition, that whole thing. And Mr. Cornette has forgotten more than I'll ever know. The guy yeah. is, he's an encyclopedia uh, every time he talks. That what he brings, if you don't think that he brings something to the commentary booth, I'm sorry, that's, that's dumb. Because he is as knowledgeable as a person as you can have. He's witty, he's fast, thinks on his feet. Like he's, he's great at his job. And love him or hate him, I mean, he can be polarizing. I mean, but, you know, that's that's just the way it is, man. Wait, he, you mean you mean you're not supposed to like the heel commentator, you freaking morons? I was gonna say, show up and boo him. You, know? <laughs> I, you can hate Jim Cornette. Yeah, I used to hate Bobby Heenan, man, until I realized what Bobby Heenan was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Jim Cornette can take it. He's I, he spent his whole life just being a guy he, that wanted people to hate him. I mean, that was his job. It is his job. So he's fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, uh, yeah, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, you, you broke up there for a second. Oh, no, it's okay, man. I, I was just going to say, I mean, that's, that actually leads into another thing that I really appreciate about the NWA is that, like, you see a thing, uh, a great example. You saw it some in NWA 70, but fast-forwarding to, like, the Crockett Cup, I, I got to be there for that. I know you were at 70, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the – great parts of of seeing these things live besides the energy um you know the rock and roll express was brought in to be in the crockett cup cup you had 
Magnum TA there. You had Nikita Koloff. You had uh, the Midnight Express were all there with Jim Cornette. It was like the first time they'd all been together since forever ago. Mm-hmm. And and what I loved is the, the Rock and Roll Express go in there, and they have an excellent match with the Briscoes. Uh, Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA get a chance to talk, and they're treated like celebrities. Same with the Midnight Express. Um, you, see, you see these guys of WWE... And it's like sometimes the legends are treated as jokes. And that always irritates me. Just look at Kurt Angle's past run here recently. That What did that amount to? It was worth nothing. The man is a yeah. legend and a great, amazing wrestler. You should treat him as such. It's good to see the company appreciate the tradition that comes along with it. That, also, that adds so much more weight to everything. I, I, just, I just love that about the NWA. Well, I mean, let, let's look back on just the third episode of 10 Pounds of Gold, right? Billy Corgan came out and he said, what, what did I buy with the NWA? I think Jim Cornette even said that. What did he even buy? And They've got a clip from his podcast like, yeah. where he's there talking about, like, why yeah. did you do this? This brand's dead. <laughs> and, what, and what he bought was the tradition. He bought the legacy. He bought the feelings that people still have about this. I mean— when you when when you look at AEW shows, my friends, and I don't, we 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 don't need to talk about them all the time for the love of God, but they pan the crowd and there's not a child in sight, I, which is which is fine for me. I don't I don't mind that, but oh, where 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 do you build your brand from after that? So the NWA twenty year plan, man, it just makes sense. It just makes so much sense to me, my friend. I, I'm 100% with you. Um, Bruce Mitchell, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Of but course. Um, he, uh, yeah, I, th- I think if you listen to Bruce Pritchard, he's he's the jackass from Greensboro yeah. or something like that, or the jackoff <laughs> from Greensboro, whatever he is. But but Bruce Mitchell is another, and as a matter of fact, I don't even know that he gets along in Cornette either, but he's, you know, the wrestling journalist or historian or whatever. Very intelligent guy, despite the relationships, if people like him or hate him. Another fellow that's, very, very smart and and grew up on the NWA, the traditional NWA. I got to meet him at Crockett Cup. He happened to be there and he was doing a little presentation in one of the VIP meet and greet things. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking afterwards. And even I, I think that this was his sentiment is probably shared with what Jim Cornette was thinking at the time or uh, uh, several people might have been. It's that these people that grew or that lived it or that saw it for so long, they saw what it became, and they saw it just kind of, you know, it obviously it didn't fade into obscurity completely, but it became lesser than. Yeah. And that title, they watched it just get passed around and, and no feeling behind it. There are people that held it, don't get me wrong, that it mattered. And, and, and TNA, when they first started up, you know, they tried to bring it in and, and use it a little then, but... Bruce said at this thing that um, every time I would see it pop up and they would use the NWA name, it would just frustrate me because I would just be, it's dead, let it die, just stop. He said, but at Crockett Cup, he was there and he said he was looking around and he was like, this is the first time in my life I feel like there's there's life in the old girl yet. She's still got something. And... uh, (laughs) And well, I, I just thought that was an amazing statement from him. 
Yeah, let's uh, let, let's talk about the crowds at the actual live shows, and then let's finish up by going through the the talent roster. The uh, the, the the crowds at these shows, man. There is something different about the crowd at at an NWA show. When I was at the NWA seventy pay per view, man, there's a different energy. It's like people people want it to succeed. I'm sure that people want all wrestling to succeed, but there's something different about the feeling inside of an NWA uh, arena, at least so far. They've only had, what, two or three? They, they've, they've had a pop-up as well. But there's, there's, there's electricity. The, 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 the fans are different, man. There's, there's just a different vibe inside the arena. What was it like for you at Crockett Cup? Oh, same, same, my friend. It was... It was as electric as I could have hoped it was. And uh, going back to a thing you were talking about uh, earlier with the crowds, I mean, there, there were people of all shapes and sizes there. And sure. Everybody was in there. And, and I really loved that. And there were the, I mean, from, if you go to my, uh, the podcast Instagram page right now, there's a saved story for Crockett Cup. There's one of my photos that got retweeted a bunch of times as a kid standing on the front row i just had to take a picture of him he was just so invested yeah in the match like just leaning in during the marty squirrel and nick aldis match and uh he was excited he hated nick aldis by the way at the beginning i talked to him just a little bit he was, <laughs> he was pulling for marty squirrel he hated nick aldis but by the end he was he was kind of like i guess aldis is okay too and uh, he, he he like fell in love with both guys at this event, and and I'd see that and be like, that's what this is all about. But I could look over to my right and see an older man who was there, and like uh, gets to see Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff come out or the Rock and Roll Express, and he's like so stoked to see these guys, and just like, oh my god, I didn't expect we'd get to see them. That's so cool, <laughs> and, you know. He's like pumped, and I'm like, that's what it's all about. And then you get to see the awesome action in the ring. You get to see the just everything about it. I was like, no, all of this is what it's all about. This is great. This is exactly what I want wrestling to be. And I, more than ever, I was sold that, that NWA was my brand. Absolutely, man. That retro forward approach that we actually saw for the first time at Crockett Cup was, it, it looked beautiful. I, I loved it. I loved oh, yeah. the old school ring. I love the old school graphics. I, I you know, that we don't need screens. We don't need all these pyrotechnics or anything like that. The lighting was perfect. And let me tell you what, man, I unfortunately had to work that night, so I wasn't watching live. But as soon as I saw that picture of the mat afterwards and that that bloody mat, right. dude, like, does it really matter when you buy the pay-per-view just as long as we get people to buy the pay-per-view? And right. people bought that pay-per-view because of that mat. They, they didn't even see anything else. They just saw the mat, and I'm sure that there were more pay-per-view buys the next night than there were the first night. What an epic picture, because it's just like, if there's, I don't I don't know how many pictures there are like that in wrestling that just like, you see it, and you're like, something Something happened here. <laughs> yeah. Something. It was I need beautiful, to see what man. the hell it was. It was beautiful. I, I I gave them feedback. I'm like, that should have been that should have been the cover of the DVD right there. You didn't even have to put anyone on it. You just had that that one picture, man. That was fantastic. Let's go through the roster and end this and end this thing up for us. You got some notes there who who's who's working for us right now? I'm Absolutely, sure we should know this, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we've got it. Oh, we, we, we've had a practice run, pal. <laughs> um, 
The uh, so so first off, yeah, going through the roster, I guess that there's only one place to really start, and that is with the world's heavyweight champion, the man who carries the ten pounds of gold, Sweet Charlotte. Our uh, well, I'm if I can get up here, I'm Let's wearing see. a uh, all this Crusade shirt right here. Oh, that's I, nice. I've been on the Crusade back since 2017. That's and, right. Uh, but uh, Mr. Nick Aldis, the uh. The national treasure, the dealer. What do you? What do you? What are your thoughts on Nick Aldis? Well, my man, I'm sure that Mr. Aldis is sick of hearing this, but he's he's a damn handsome man. He's 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 huge. He's muscular. He uh, he carries himself so well. He looks magnifique in a suit, <laughs> and you know his accent is fantastic. Uh, I, I think that he's a great representative of the 10 pounds of gold, of the NWA, of their vision of what they want it to be. There, I, I do. There's just one thing, one thing that I, I, I do feel about uh, Mr. Aldis that he could do better, and that's just his social media approach, my man. He is, he is, uh, he, he's a ghost. I never see him. He's never talking to fans. And one of the things that I would highly recommend is that, you know, Mr. Aldis does get involved with the social media, does get involved with more content out there. And my my only advice for that is, you know, I know that Billy Corrigan, I know that uh, David Lagana have both been to see Gary Vaynerchuk on two occasions, if not more at this point. Next time, we really need to take the champion with us to meet Gary Vaynerchuk. And I just want them to ask one question to Mr. V, and that's, Mr. V, what would be your approach if you were the NWA champion? I mean, Nick Aldis has to hear it from that guy. He can't hear it from a crazy guy with a mustache with a Hawaiian shirt. You know, my man, what's your feelings on Nick Aldis? Well, well, I'm actually, I, I completely understand everything you're saying. Um, I am, uh, as you know, back to the word authentic, as authentic as you could be is is Nick Aldis, and he carries himself like a champion. And mm-hmm. at no point do you feel like this guy that there's anything fake about him. And having had the opportunity to even meet him in person, I can assure you that everything about him is legit. There is no yeah. self doubt in that man's eyes. He he walks and talks like a man who is a champion, and I. Have I love that about him because that's what he needs to be um, because you want it to feel real. And if you want to help keep that belt with some weight to those 10 pounds of gold, then that's what you do. You put it on a guy that's just like that. Um, I'm with you on the idea that I wish he did more. There's a part of me that wishes he was on social media like every day or every week at least spouting off how he's the real world's champion, how he's just like, Mm. you know, I don't know if you want to go ahead and attack other people, but it would be kind of funny to see him just say, look, I have the real world's championship, the one that spawned them all, essentially. And if you don't like it or you think I'm not the world's champion, come take it. And just to get a little bit of that out of him. Now, that said, let me do my part of playing devil's advocate here. And I'll throw this at you. Um Back in the day, you often hear stories about uh, the the more, and I, I've been reading a lot about the NWA, but one of the things about it in the time was, you know, the guy would get elected to become the world champion and he would tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people would go to these events. There's a good episode on the 10 Pounds of Gold series, actually, I think, with Jim Cornette talking about this very thing. But 
you know, you would have him tour the territories. Everybody would have their own thing going on, and then sometimes the champ would show up. And when the champ was there, it was important. It was special. It meant something that you were going to get an opportunity to, in person, see the world's heavyweight champion, and those tickets would sell out. It was a big deal. I say all of that to say that I wonder if there is something, if I had to put an opposing point of view out there, it would be, is there something to the champ being more elusive than available to you all the time and always at your beck and call? You're always seeing him talk. Is, Is there something more special if you don't see and hear from him all the time? So that well, when he does say something, it's important. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying the guy should be doing what we're doing with content or what I'm doing with content. Good, right. good God Almighty, I'm sure he has much better things to do with his life. But if, 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 if we're trying to sell a brand online, which is the only place that the NWA has been, it's the only place where we can find the NWA right now, we got to at least have 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 a little bit of content from the guy. Just just a little bit is all I'm asking for, my man. And um, you know, I'm even for I'm even for why don't we put everything on social media? Let's encompass everything in this brand of 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 the NWA. I would love now this is freaking nuts, but hey I'm ready for it. Let's what hear I it. do. This is what I would do. One of why my questions was going to be ideas that you have, so so bring them. I'm excited. Why don't Why don't we Why don't we send Nick Aldis? Let's let, Let's pay for a great dinner at the most fanciest restaurant in 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 Atlanta. Some sky rise. I'm talking oak walls, deep leather seats, and he brings that ten pounds of gold with him and just plops it right there in the middle of the table in some fancy restaurant. That's what I'm looking for, my man. Like. When I when I saw them at Cauliflower Alley, both times he was without the championship. And I'm like, why isn't the championship here at Cauliflower Alley? I mean, I'm sure that the old timers would have loved to see it. It would have been a great pitcher opportunity with everyone that was there. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for the champion to be the champion 24 hours a day. Yeah, I get that. I'm just like throwing out some uh, potential opposing uh, thoughts. So I think that 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 idea might be best played, not what you're talking about, but the initial thing of his being more elusive. Maybe he's not going to be on the television show every week. You know, maybe maybe you do that. So it's more special to see him. Um, I guess let's move on to uh, the women's world heavyweight champion i guess i don't know if you call him sure. the world heavyweight champion the women's champion allison that's, Kane. that's so rude gary that's i know so I, I felt i felt a little dirty as i said it i was like wow i feel like i'm insulting her in some way but so we'll just stick with the women's champion i think that's best yeah that's yeah. best uh, pinky's up allison i'm so sorry if it sounded like i was calling anybody fat or anything it was not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, man, I, I don't know that I'm not that familiar with Miss Kate just yet. And because the way that I try to watch the NWA is I let them show me what they want me to see. And then going along with their brand, I can give an authentic response as well. But from what I've seen on her social media, she definitely has a chip on her shoulder, which seems to be a lot of the talent inside the NWA, maybe even with you and me, my friend, also. So I think that 
there's definitely something there. She 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 has an attitude which I'm extremely excited to see, and uh, I I don't know I don't know what to expect from her. But if we want to talk belt tweets, I think that's one of the prettiest belts that's out there right now. What's what's your take on her? Yeah, you know I I speaking of the belt real quick, I heard on um, a podcast that David Lagana was on, which was with um, and I apologize, you may know this, the Bojangles Champ guy. Oh yeah, Jay Z Flair, yeah, Jay Z Flair, his podcast. I think Lagana showed up with them, and uh, he mentioned, and nobody ran with this or nobody ever talked more about it, but Lagana said something during that interview about how that belt that they had another belt they were going to introduce for the women's championship and it didn't show up in time or something. And so they went with this belt. I feel like that was a story, but I don't, I don't know. Well, I, anyway, I, just thought I'd throw that out there. That, that, that I, I think I might've glazed over that as well, but perhaps I'll go back and check that out again tonight. But dude, I, I love the belt. It looks great. I think it's cool too. And she very much carries it. Like, I think she's uh, given it credit to being like, um, Mildred Burke, like one of the original uh, women's champions, like just it, it it does feel like a throwback. Listen, I love the NWA belts. We can talk more about belts later. But um, I appreciate about her that I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I don't have a lot of history with her. Um, I did go back. I know I saw her in the Mae Young Classic the first time. Like she was mm-hmm. in that in the first round match. I think she maybe got into the second round, but um, so she's been around and she's paid her dues. And so, like you said, she wrestles like she's got a chip on her shoulder. I appreciate that. My biggest thing that I do love about her right now is doing the, uh, this is the NWA weekly shows. I try to be as helpful as I can and offer any updates on appearances or anything like that, that I can give out for these wrestlers. She is the only person who has an updated website who is taking advantage and putting where she's going to be when she's going to be there. And I love that about her. And I try to make a point to even say that on the show, like, thank you, Allison, for keeping your damn calendar updated. And so we know (laughs) where to find you. That's a, I just feel like that's, that's something you should just do. She's also on top of that Patreon, man. She like signed right up with the Patreon. She's got like different levels. Of- oh, I'm not a fan of Patreons. I am not a fan of those paywalls at all, my friends. No, <laughs> I am not. Well, I mean, you got to think if if you're out there doing what they're doing. I mean, obviously you're making money from bookings and that sort of thing. But if you, you got to, it feels like you got to try to spring for like where you can get any money if you can. And if fans want to help support you and they're willing to do that and get something in return, that seems fair to me. Uh, yeah, well, now, I don't I'm, know if you mean like Patreon as a company, then you know maybe that's a whole other thing. But I just mean, um, yeah, I can see that the deal is like, you know, she sends you some photos or you get to like have like her private blog or something like that, you know, it seems fair. Sure, but what, 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 what do you feel about not seeing the, the jazz match? Are you okay with that? Are you, do, do, do you want to see that? In the future, <laughs> I do kind of hope that someday we get that matchup because it just, you know, it, it felt so. We had a running thing that, you know, Jazz, her defenses were all, every one of them seemed to be ending in some kind of weird, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but just no sound ending. And then to have her, like, she finally, I think at NWA 70 did get one, but. 
to just see her have to just give up the belt and then it go, you know, on. She's never really defeated for it. There's a part of me that hopes we see her again someday and see her defend that or no, get a shot. No, I don't. Not not me, my man. Not me, my man. It kind of seems like she took that opportunity that Nick Aldis said no to at AEW and then kind of just didn't want to do any business with the NWA. And uh, I don't I don't know if that's correct or not, but I don't like that business style at all, my friend. Sounds like you are calling out Jazz never. live on the show no, right never. now. No, never. Never. <laughs> I'm a conspiracy theorist, Gary. I connect the freaking dots, my friend. <laughs> so, Rotella, not a fan of Jazz. That's your headline. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. That, 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 that's micro content coming you soon. You may be on to something, man. I, I will say that, again, you know, I try not to take these things personally, but when I saw her show up in AEW, I was like, come on. Like, that's not where you're supposed yeah. to be. But payday, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. All right. So I guess the next place to move naturally would be our national champion, James Storm, the outlaw, the bearded outlaw, the cowboy, whatever he's calling himself these days. Uh, I am a fan. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I mean, here's a man with some history. There was a time I remember a big buzz about him coming out of Impact, like at the time where it felt like Impact had the most chance to become extremely relevant, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. James Storm was like right at the top of that. And uh, I believe it was him and Bobby Roode or Robert Roode. And uh, at the at the time, of course, that didn't all pan out. James Storm disappeared. I didn't know what had happened to him. I was super happy to see him show back up in the NWA. And I especially love this, this rivalry that he has with the promotion itself and carrying this national title, going and winning it, and just – daring people to come take it from him now you have to pay attention to him it's a cool it's a cool aspect of the, that guy what he's doing yeah yeah man i mean if, if we want this to be the authentic era right and um our president our owner mr william patrick corgan and just the video that released today he he talks about there actually being heat between him and james storm in the past like let's explore that why the hell not what is that heat? Where did it come from? What are you doing now? And you know what? If you still have that heat, why don't you mess with him a little bit too? I mean, let's uh, let's keep it going. I I'm a big fan, dude. Big the the wrestlers are big. They talk big. They look like wrestlers. They look like men. This is what wrestling is for me, my friend. And I, I'm I'm excited about the roster. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, I it, I would be remiss if I didn't just go ahead. I don't want to delay any more on this man. Let's talk about taking it back to where it all began. Let's talk about Nick Aldis's opponent in the first night of these TV tapings. Tim Storm's back, and he's getting his shot for that 10 pounds of gold. I know you're a big Tim Storm fan. Am I right on that? I am, man. I am such a big Tim Storm fan, and this... This this booking really shows, again, when has the NWA ever done anything that the NWA doesn't want to do? They are continuing the storyline. For, for, for some people out there, this might be a big question mark. Why is Nick Aldis going up against Tim Storm in their first TV taping? But for people like you and me, people that have been paying attention to this brand, this is a payoff for people that have been paying attention for, to the brand from the beginning. I'm a huge Tim Storm fan because he brought us in. He was a great starting point for the NWA. And, by the way, an authentic starting point for the NWA. What do you oh, feel about Tim? I was 100% sold the second I saw him. Just like from the first couple of videos. I, 
again, another guy that carried himself like a champion, looked like a champ, just big, imposing, and just grizzled veteran kind of look. I loved it. And mm-hmm. just a classic throwback man that just you could respect. Like he, you know, he, he gets picked on for the age or being somebody's dad and all of that stuff or being a grandfather. Um, but all of that stuff adds to the believability of yep. him as a person. And and I love that stuff. I love that they threw in the stuff about him being a teacher. <laughs> One of my first comments I got on Instagram, um, I posted a GIF of, uh, or GIF. I posted one of Tim Storm, and somebody jumped on there. I kid you not, I think you can go back and look. And the guy's like, that dude's my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were, like, really surprised. And uh, I was like, well, tell him we're talking about him. And he's like, all right, I will. I don't know what ever happened with that. But I just thought that was funny. I was like, I think that kid is, like, Tim Storm's student. It doesn't – I don't know if he knows that yeah. what his teacher does. But, uh, man – Day one, sold on Tim Storm. I was actually super bummed. I mean, again, you know, obviously no disrespect to our champion. Nick Aldis loved the guy's champ. I was bummed when Tim Storm dropped that belt. Uh, I think there was a post, again, referencing back to Twitter that I think we were both tagged in uh, that I responded on that a, a person was asking, like, do you think this is a big enough main event for the TV tapings? Yeah. Um, don't you think they should have gone with something more mainstream? And and my response was was that, sure, I mean, it could be Nick Aldis versus Triple H if all the cards aligned, you know. But uh, but for NWA fans, there is no bigger match than these two guys finally going face-to-face one more time. We never got that third match. We never really got to see the second match. You mm-hmm. know, we got to see, like, the highlights of it, basically. But, I mean... People have been needing to see Tim Storm get a chance to reclaim that 10 pounds of gold. And coming up this next month, they're going to get it. I'm excited for it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right, Adam, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, another big signing from the NWA, uh, a man that if I had to describe him in one word, it would be, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Eli Drake. What do you and think my, about Eli Drake? Well, my friends, I think that if you forget his name, he's going to tell you it about 33 more times <laughs> within a within a five-minute promo. But, dude, uh, uh, again, not familiar with Mr. Drake. I was never an impact guy, unfortunately. But once I saw him, I said, yeah, I want more of him immediately. I mean, if we want to talk someone that's made for social media, this dude is made for social media. And he's probably tired of hearing it from me in his DMs. So we're (laughs) going to stop DMing him about that stuff. But Dude, if we just set this guy off. Slide into Eli Drake's DMs, Adam. I'm I'm, I'm trying to make some stuff work here, my friends. I'm trying to to get into this thing. Uh, (laughs) Hi, my name is Adam. I'm an acquaintance of Mr. Lagana. I never say friend. (laughs) We're trying to make things happen here, folks. I got you. Okay. Got to respect the hustle. and, 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 And here's a guy, man. So if, 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 if we're talking about new media, if we're talking about podcasting, if we're talking about social media, Eli Drake just started a podcast. He's in his third episode right now 
called The Wrestling Perspective. So he's got a podcast. Jim Cornette has a podcast. If Colt Cabana is part of the roster, he has a podcast. Our president, William Patrick Corrigan, has floated the idea about starting a podcast. So, my friends, this is really where the future is going, and this is where the NWA can get a whole lot more attention. What's your feelings on Eli Drake? I love the guy. I, I think I just saw a post of him with his shirt off playing miniature golf or something. Jesus. Like, yeah. Did you DM him about that, that post, too? And I, well, not, 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 no, no, not, not about that in general. No, Gary. <laughs> I was checking you out with your shirt off, and I just, I, you know, don't want to be creepy, but uh, <laughs> um, anyway. No, funny, man, story, I, funny story, uh, meeting someone with their shirt off is actually how I almost met Nick Aldis for the first time. He was, he, it was after a championship wrestling from Hollywood match. I was walking up because I saw him, and all of a sudden he took his shirt off. I turned around, and I'm like, well, that's not going to be how I first meet Nick Aldis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I gotta be honest with you. If I look like Nick Aldis, I'd very rarely have a shirt on. So yeah, yeah. that's just. But um, all right. So uh, no, Eli Drake for me, same as you exactly. I, I'm not super familiar with the guy from other stuff. I heard an interview recently. Um, I think it was a Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. If anybody wants to check that out with Jason Powell, it's a really good one. Uh, too many ads. If I had to have a critique, is way too many. But, paywalls, my man. Paywalls. Yeah, it's a. Uh, but it's it's a really good interview, and you get to hear a little bit of his backstory and that sort of thing. His time and impact, and uh, and he says something that you've you've mentioned uh, several times in here, talking about you know they ask him like what what's the deal? He had an offer from AEW. He had other opportunities, and he chose the NWA. And he thinks it's a throwback. He talks about it being what he remembered wrestling being and telling stories and it being important for you to get yourself over and to get yourself the recognition. If you think you deserve it, show them that you deserve it. And all of these guys look like real wrestlers. Yeah. They look like grown men out there that, you know, I think he literally says would probably kick your ass at a bar fight if you tried <laughs> to start with them, you know. And uh, so anyway... Uh, that part of it, I, I'm on board with Eli Drake. I, this, the first promo I saw him drop on the NWA YouTube channel, I mean, the guy is money as far as his speaking ability. Like, the guy can talk like no other. Uh, and, you know, arguably one of the best, if not the best, in the promotion right now is probably on the mic. That guy seems to have, like, the golden ticket to promos. So I'm excited to see what he does. Dude, if, if the if the NWA wants to be that talking brand, if the NWA wants to bring back that promo to professional wrestling, they really have a, a, a stacked, at least a great foundation right now. And this foundation isn't just a foundation that's going to keep to themselves. This is a foundation that's going to also teach everyone that's coming into the promotion, and then they can grow from there as well, my man. So, I mean, Jesus, look, you got Jim Cornette, you got Nick Aldis, you got James Storm, you got Eli Drake, and now you even have uh, 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 Ricky Starks, who, who who I'm in love with right now. Already, I was going to say, he's going to be my next guy I brought up. What, what's your thought on Thoughts on Ricky. Dude, if, if Ricky Starks can drive a car with his charisma, he is sold with me, my man. I mean, that video that he made. And here's the future, my friends. 
The future with the NWA is going to be talent that can create their own content themselves, and then it all goes underneath the umbrella of the NWA. And if Ricky Starks has already created his own ta- uh, his own content, if Ricky Starks got his job with the NWA because of his content that he created, this is just the future that 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 we're seeing. That's super impressive. I mean, he's a guy who definitely worked for it and, and got his opportunity. I have no doubt that a person like that, that that has been pushing themselves in the way that he has with those promo videos and uh, learning to control cars with his mind and that sort of thing, <laughs> um, that he, uh, you know, he's going to take advantage of anything given to him. He's going to make the best of it. At least that's what I'm hoping for for Mr. Starks because. You know, it brings up an interesting point too. Even with just just here at this point, uh, I mean, with with those guys that you mentioned, literally all of them: Jim Cornette, Eli Drake, Ricky Starks, James Storm, Nick Aldis. All of those guys are solid. It sounds like when they speak. Now we haven't seen you know Starks like cut too many in ring promos, mm-hmm. but it, what what's beautiful about it is aside from them all being solid in that way, they're all different. They're all like different personality types too. So there's not any one person that seems like they're just a copy of this other guy. Nick Aldis has that very deliberate, straightforward manner of speaking. And James Storm's just like a raging cowboy, like just (laughs) angry at the world, full of piss and vinegar, you know? And then Eli Drake's just got that money. He's always... If I could compare him with anybody, honest to God, and maybe somebody will just totally disagree, but he sounds like The Rock almost when he talks, the way he cuts a promo. And uh, and I think that's cool about him. I, I think one of the most important things that the NWA has going for them right now is the NWA has a vibe going for them right now. And that's the, one of the most important things that you can have in wrestling. Like we said at the top of this show, folks, there's not a set map. There's not a set format. There's just a feeling that you get from people. All this talent gives me a feeling. Even Allison Kay that I haven't seen a lot of yet, I get a feeling from her. And I... Isn't that what we're missing in wrestling again, my friends? Feelings, absolutely, emotions, something that makes us care about what we're watching. That's what I. That's what I think the NWA is going to bring us at this first TV. I think you're 100 percent on point, Adam. And if I could talk about feelings for a minute, I can't go any further. Uh, anybody who listens to my podcast knows that uh, I happen to be a huge fan of another two individuals that are going to show up. Champions in the NWA, Thomas Latimer, Royce Isaacs, those two guys, those I I I said it a million times on my podcast. I've had people argue with me that they're <laughs> never gonna show back up. I don't know why. I just had this connection to them. I did I, admittedly uh I did meet them at the VIP event and they were both really cool as hell dudes to talk to, them and Camille, who is another person we can talk about. I don't know what that relationship is. She helped them win the tag team titles, forming mm. a distraction, which makes me wonder what's going on. But anyway, if I could manage anybody, it'd be Thomas Latimer and Roy Sizes, because I think these two guys, I get it if you don't understand yet, but they have got something special. Uh, Bram, formerly Thomas Latimer, the king of all evil, just a big, imposing brute of a man, and just slick in the ring and fast. Faster than he should be. And Royce Isaacs, my man, he can deadlift a truck, a dump truck. Like the guy <laughs> is insane and athletic as all hell. 
these guys combined, I think I, I have a feeling, Adam, that they are going to show us something and they're going to end up being the team to beat. I mean, they are already the team to beat, but I think they're going to prove why they're there when we see them uh, on these tapings. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, again, I'm not that familiar with, with both of these gentlemen, unfortunately. Um, uh, but when it does come to Royce Isaac, the only uh, I, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with him because of my trips to championship wrestling from Hollywood. The last time I was there, he actually pointed at my girlfriend from the top rope. So I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to feel about this guy. But uh, that's all I know about Royce Isaac. One, one more thing. If, 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 if I, I do like him better with the bleached hair, the bleached mustache. I mean, if, if you're going to be wearing tassels on your wrestling gear, I'm going to want to not like you. So uh, let's, let's, let's get that heel thing up a little bit. So he's, so he's got the tassels, and he's, I think if you watch him on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which you folks could do on Fight TV, uh, he uh, it's free on there, by the way. But... He also has a jacket that has those tassels. I don't know if we've really seen that on the NWA show yet. So he he's all in on the tassels. Fairly all in on your girlfriend. So and then I will say that I mean my wife met him at the VIP event and she also thinks he's her favorite wrestler. So now the more we talk about it, the more problematic I think Royce Isaacs is. <laughs> we're gonna keep an eye on him. Yeah, we're well, I'm still supporting them, but I've got my eye on you, Royce. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a, a, a quick couple of other sightings uh, that we had there. I mean, uh, Eddie Kingston was just announced today as we're recording this. Now, I'm not super familiar with Eddie Kingston. Cuts a great promo based on that. Again, great talker. I know that he paired up a lot with Homicide and Hernandez that were the previous LAX uh, in Impact Wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. And he... Uh, I think they, they turned themselves into like the OGs or something they were known at. He mentions in this video that he's going to have a crew. I don't know if it's these guys or not. I have no idea, but uh, there's... Well, we like already know that AEW doesn't want to change the world, so I don't expect LAX coming in there. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. But uh, are you familiar with Kingston at all? Or I'm I'm not. Today was my first time ever ever seeing the gentleman. Or well, he didn't really look like or sound like a gentleman, did he? But other <laughs> than that, I, I'm very impressed with with the way that he talks. I want to see it more. Again, the vibe that we that that we're talking about. Every single one of these talents has their own vibe, has their own feeling, has their own mindset, and that's really what's missing in wrestling. Everyone has. Every, everyone seems very cookie cutter these days, but not in the NWA. And that's what excites me the most about this new talent. I might not know who he is. I'm expecting to know, you know, like I said, folks, I give an authentic response to who I see. He looks like a guy that I'm going to hate and I'm going to enjoy hating him. Yeah, I mean, that's all anybody can expect, man. And, and if they're doing their job, then you're going to know him soon enough. Uh, you will know everything you need to know about him. Um, Cole Cabana. Uh, also signed on. Um, thoughts on Colt? Uh, I, I think that uh, if now the NWA has been very sketchy with their terminology about Colt Cabana. I'm not really sure if he is a talent for them. I'm not sure if he is signed or if this is a one-off. Great one-off. If he if he is signed with the NWA, I think that it's perfectly fine. I mean, ever since the Crockett Cup, 
Mr. Jim Cornette really talked me into the door with, with Colt Cabana. I wasn't a big fan of comedy wrestling. I'm not a big fan of comedy wrestling. Uh, but if, if, if Colt Cabana does want to approach this, like Jim Cornette said, with a, with a more sports feel, with a more... Um, with a different feeling when he's not, you know, rolling around on the ground in China, I'm all for Colt Cabana. And hey, by the way, Colt Cabana, wear a freaking tie when you're going to China for the first time. Woof, Adam, with the hot takes. All right. <laughs> Always the hot takes with fashion, Gary. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I was not a fan of it. It actually came up in our NWA 70 recap. He gets into that, like, glove slapping match with like Samuel Shaw and sure. that that stuff irritates me but you're right Cornette and he attempt to build it back up in the Crockett Cup that he's very serious when he wins mm -hmm. that national title and he seemed to have a few words for James Storm I think they have unfinished business I'm hoping they they have a really good feud and a serious feud I'm with you uh 100% on that um Adam we can't go any further if we don't talk about uh your savior and mine, the uh, kingdom of Josephus, has notoriously been absent for a long time now. Uh, are we going to see them coming up again at the uh, NWA TV tapings? Well, my Ouija board tells me that we will. And I, I, I really, really hope so, my man, because if, if, if we're talking about promos, if we're talking about bringing people into the building with your talking ability, Josephus has to be talked about because it was probably one of the episodes eight or nine of 10 pounds of gold that we first saw the sense of humor of the NWA for the first time. And I, I absolutely love Josephus. I am a very, very big fan of the kingdom of Josephus. And, uh, you know, he, he, he brings in the one thing that I love in wrestling, you can bring in a little bit of weird. And when wrestling can be a little bit of weird, but also believable and you still take it seriously, that's the that's the sweet spot for me, my man. So I say we, we need Josephus, we want Josephus, and the kingdom of Josephus will save us all. I'm 100% with you. The sweet spot for me, anybody that listens to the podcast knows, is that sweet, sweet, bald head of the spiritual advisor to uh, naturally attracted to her. But <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Josephus as well. It's not going to be the same. If you're going to give us Nick Aldis and Tim Storm, bring us back Josephus. If you follow him on social media, and I know you do, Adam, I mean, we've seen that hair is growing back and the beard is coming back. I, I have a strong feeling we'll see a resurrection here pretty soon. All right. And, uh, I had one other question about you for you about talent real quick. Do you have time? Like you're good. Um, Hey man, we've been rolling on this for a while. So I think it's even better than the one we did before. So let's keep going. All right. All right. All right. I just, uh, I didn't want to hold you up if you, if you had somewhere to be, uh, I don't want to hold you up. I was thinking the same thing, Gary. No, I'm, I'm good, brother. I am good. All right. So then I did want to bring up Camille for a second. And just strictly in the fact that I was looking at this list, Please. Yes, a hundred percent. Same page. I was just, uh, I was, uh, I was looking through it. I'm like, well, we've got Allison K. We've got a women's championship, and uh, Camille's out there, obviously. But I mean, there's no, there's no women around. Like, it just uh, mm. notoriously absent. I wonder, uh, wonder if we can expect to see something there soon. What do you think about that? Do you think there's a I, spot? 
I don't I don't think that we're going to see Camille too soon inside the ring. I, I, I think that's something that we can definitely take our time with and build and build and build as as well. I'm not really sure how they're going to use Camille in, in the future. The way that she's portrayed on NWA television is extremely serious, extremely stone-faced, but the way that she is on social media is the complete opposite. <laughs> right, and right. I think that if that personality, once we work, once we work there and we and we and we start seeing it a little bit, it's gonna take a lot to go from completely serious to what we see on social media. But yeah. there is a there is a money personality in Camille. And I man, I don't know. I, I say put her in the kingdom of Josephus. That's what really? I say. Oh, yeah, that's a big man. Move. Yeah. Why the hell not? But when it when it comes to women talent, that might be something because we don't even know how big this roster is going to be yet. I say that the yeah. I say that the NWA uses uses kind of like a independent wrestling show philosophy. Bring people in for one offs. Bring people in for weeks or months at a time. There's no reason for us to give a hundred thousand dollars to everybody like that other promotion is doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually with you on that. I'm okay with the roster rotating and that sort of thing. I think that that could keep it interesting. I mean, obviously, if people start taking off, and there's certain ones like an Eli Drake and Nick Aldis and, and those guys that you're going to want around all the time. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I can I can totally see these other spots being filled. It was, I only brought up Camille in that same conversation just because she's literally the only other woman on the roster besides, like, maybe the spiritual advisor, I suppose. But uh, I don't think we'll ever see the spiritual advisor wrestle at all. But I, I think that the spiritual advisor is a great component to, to Josephus. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, we still got a week left, right? I'm sure that there's going to be more announcements. Yeah, you know, I, I, they I only know. let us know. They only let us know when they want us to know. Yeah, yeah. So, Adam, uh, just as we're as we're, I guess, winding down here a little bit, you know, the studio wrestling is coming up. And I'm, you know, analyzing everything that I can about it. I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm really more of taking a sit back and wait and see. Like, mm -hmm. let's go from there. And I think it'll be fun to talk to you more uh, if you're willing just as it goes along so we can just watch this evolve together and, and discuss it uh, together. But the, the thing that I wonder is, what do you think they're looking for? Like, if, if I were to sit down with, Lagana to ask him something right now. One thing I would be interested interested in is asking him what would make them happy with the studio show. Like, what are they hoping to achieve? Do, do you have any thoughts or anal analyzing to do on that? Like, as far as what what do you think the goal here is? What's going to be satisfactory? I, I I think that the the goal for studio wrestling should just be to introduce the introduce the public or introduce the, the fans that are already there into the beginning of this new vision of the NWA. Now, we're, we're, we're at a point now with the NWA where they have a, 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 a small amount of attention. Let's be honest with ourselves here. They have a, a small amount of attention. There's 83,000 subscribers to their YouTube page. There's probably around... 50 to 70,000 that watch every video. 
So now is really the time to bring us in even more and to really educate your fan base on what you want the product to be. Of course, they're going to continue to take feedback from us. They're one of the only organizations out there that even ask for our feedback in an actual authentic way. So right. now's the time. Let us know. Let us in. Show us what the path is going to be. We don't need to know the 10-year plan. I'd really like to know the next two-year plan, though. What about you? What's, what's, what are you looking for? I think similar to you, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know what's going on in the head of, of Billy, uh, William, or sorry, our president, William Patrick Corgan and, <laughs> and David Lagana. Um, you know, I, I assume that as part of the 20 year plan, there is a budget in place and there's an idea of what they expect to spend. So one part of me thinks like they can't expect to lose money. So I'm hoping that they're or they want to make money at the same time. Like I said, there's probably a budget and there's there's a plan in place. So I guess they want to establish that they're there and have what I think personally is important about this, just if nothing else, that there's a regular thing coming and doing the YouTube rewatch shows that we do. One of the mm -hmm. hardest parts about it has been the organization of the YouTube channel, the little bits and pieces that you can show people and I think once there's an actual show, that's going to help draw in more people. And I have to assume that's what they're thinking too, is that they just hope the audience will slowly start to build once there is a flowing narrative going on with the show, like to tune in each week or whatever they're doing as far as the show goes. So it, my best guess is, is similar to yours, just hopefully to see that audience slowly just steadily move up. And here's here's the best thing about how they've set up their YouTube page the whole time. Once this new fan base does discover them, the way that their YouTube is set up with all of this content, we have two years of content. We have over eight hours of documentary content about the new brand, about the brand building of this NWA. So now people can go back and binge everything. We live in this binge culture, right? So. Once we get, once people just get right. introduced to this new TV show, they're going to want to know more, and they immediately have this source where they can get all the information that they need, and it's it's it'll happen within a, within a couple of days of viewing, so they'll be completely caught up right away. And I think that's so important, especially in this new media golden age of wrestling that we're living in. I'm 100% with you, Adam. I am I am excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited that you and I are getting to finally talk to each other and see each other right before all of it goes down. Because I think that this is, it almost feels like all roads led to this. We're here now. Yeah. We're about to start to get a show. And now we're combining forces here right today and, and talking. And, and hopefully we're going to get to do more of this. I, I I'm, I'm, I think it's about to get exciting starting this next month for us. I, I think that all roads have led here as well. And uh, I'm excited for what's next with the NWA. I'm excited for what's next with you and me. And um, folks, we are, at the, we are at the pinky, the fingernail of the wrestling boom. We are, the, the, the ship hasn't even been built for the NWA yet, my friends, but we are sailing away. <laughs> Well, we're here building it right now, buddy. We yeah, are going to help. We're going to help supply uh, wood or whatever they're making it out of these days. I don't know. 
<laughs> but anyway, anything else you wanted to bring up, Adam, while we're uh, uh, while we're here? I'm good, Gary. This was a great time. Follow Gary on his social media. Follow me on my social media. I'm at Adam underscore Rotella. You can find me there. And uh, yeah, how about you, Gary? Where they, where where can they find you? Well, Adam's got a great brand going on, so it's easy to just find him right at, at Adam underscore Rotella. <laughs> uh, I'm at Rock Andrew Gary, all spelled out. Like if you want to find the personal account, then the uh, actual main NWA account that you're probably more interested in is at the NWA pod. If I did anything better than Adam in the podcast world, I might have got a cooler, quicker uh, name. <laughs> you know, it's like true. Your username for, true. for Instagram. So, so I at least have that. Very succinct. i love it man well hey man we we've talked for a long time today i think that this was a a great first meeting and like i said i look forward to doing a lot more of this with you sir all right man i feel exactly the same way it's good spending the day with you adam all right bye man i'll see you later all right see you buddy (laughs) 